Good morning. Amen. Amen. It's good. It's good to be together with the body. You know, God gives us sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers. Amen. Even if you're here alone today, God has given us fathers and brothers and sisters to stand with. You guys know me. I'm a girl daddy. He gave me two beautiful daughters, one beautiful granddaughter here. But today I just want to, I want to celebrate the two men that God gave me to love my daughters. Amen. And um, I love the way that they love my girls. And so I want you to be blessed today as you hear from one of my sons as he comes to share the word. Come on, Jay. All right. God bless you guys. So once again, I'm, I don't know, I went to the bathroom just now, so I'm not sure if we did this already, but I want to wish all of the fathers in here a happy Father's Day. Amen. Um, now, I understand that there are some dads who don't deserve that role, who don't deserve the round of applause, but there are so many amazing daddies in this room right now. They're good husbands, they're good dads, they're good brothers, they're good sons, they're amazing men, and we want to honor them this morning. Amen? God bless you guys. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me just one more time, and then I'm going to preach for 35 minutes. I timed it. It's actually three hours and five minutes. Don't worry about that. You got endurance, right? Just close your eyes. I'm going to read scripture to you. You know how I do it. And just meditate on this scripture. I promise I'm reading from the Bible. I'm not tricking you. No one's going to smack you in the, in the face while you have your eyes closed. I promise. Not this time. Amen? All right. I'm reading from Galatians 6, 7 through 9. And it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Father God, this morning, Lord, we just first and foremost just say silence our, our thoughts, Father God. Put our flesh in check, Lord Jesus, and we say, Spirit, take over. We, I command us to receive this morning, Lord. Lord, silence my mouth, mute my voice, Lord, and let you speak this morning, Father God. And let us be ready to not give up this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. All right. So, if you guys were here last week and if you weren't, we learned that no matter what, God was already there. Amen? Anybody remember that? We learned about how even through a time of great tragedy, that God spared the life of Moses, Right? We learned that. And you know what's funny is that Moses is one of the most influential men 
of scripture. We speak about him thousands of years later. It's, he's inspired millions of messages of millions of people. God spared him that day. God was there. Amen? We learned that. At the end of the service, though, something interesting happened. Pastor George invited uh, Minister Josh to come up, and he prayed a very specific prayer to the congregation to enter into our awaited miracles. Family, I'm on a mission this week. Usually I got jokes. I got my head jokes because I get nervous and I have some jokes and I get nervous. But I'm on a serious mission this morning where I feel that this is miracle season. A few months back, I preached on a season of blessing that was coming, and I genuinely feel that that season is in effect right now. And if we can have an old school testimonial service, and I guarantee there's at least 10 that I know of that when I said, yeah, this could happen, that could happen, it happened. Houses were bought, cars were bought, bills were paid, amen? Miracle season is here. Worship team, you can come up. No, I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> that's it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a very simple preacher thing. The, the dictionary defines miracles, uh, miracle as a surprising welcome event that is not explainable by a natural or scientific law, therefore considered to be a work of a divine agency. Even the dictionary has to admit that there's something, something more than what we can explain. There's something bigger than us that's causing this thing to occur. Amen? I want to take you guys to a very specific book. And, and just like Pastor George challenged you last week, I challenge you to read Acts 27. I, I know, I, and we preached through the book of Acts, you know, a little while back, but... But if you want some homework during the week, read Acts 27, but I'm going to walk through it with you guys. Amen. So we're going to do a lot of scripture reading. I'm going to preach a lot from this scripture, but I guarantee you, if you stay, if you just stay connected, I'll be quick and I promise something's going to, amazing is going to come out of it. Amen. We're going to dive right into uh, Acts 27. I'll give you a little, a little, uh, so we don't have to start from the beginning. As we've preached about before, we have Paul who was basically taken as a prisoner. And he has to go face trial in Rome. And he was put onto this, uh, what they call a ship, with a bunch of other prisoners. And he has to travel now. Now, if you can imagine, if you've ever been like on a cruise or something like that, it takes a while to get from one place to another on a ship. All right? Am I right? Anybody? It's okay. <laughs> I'll be asking questions throughout. <laughs> you just say, yeah, it's true. I'm most likely when I ask a question, it just go like this. I already said the answer. Anyway, so yeah, so it takes a while for the ship to get to where we're going. And so they've been on the ship for a while, and things are getting kind of crazy. The weather's getting kind of crazy. And we're going to pick it up from Acts 27, verse 9. Amen? It says, we lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. If we're reading this correctly, then we know that winter is approaching. It's, it's going to get cold. It's going to get very difficult to travel in, in this season. At this point, I want to remind you that Paul is a prisoner. They just said he's going to talk to the captain. He's going to let the people know about it. Paul is a prisoner. Whether he deserves to be there or not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about to the people on that ship who are controlling everything, you're a slimy, grimy prisoner. He's not on a cruise. He's not chilling with his peeps. He's going to jail, okay? He's about to go to jail. In verse 10, he says, Men, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck? 
loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain than the owner, um, and the owner than to Paul, which is totally logical. I'm not listening to a prisoner. I'm going to listen to the guy who's in charge who does this for a living. You go sit down, sir, right? But here's a side note that I want to, uh, that this blessed me, and I believe some people need to hear this. There are some people in your life who have a specific role, but they do not have authority. I'm going to say it again. There are some people in your life who have a role, but they do not have authority, which means that sometimes there's going to be people who are going to tell you something. You don't got to listen to them. You understand? There's some people that you think have some authority over your life, and you're here, and you hear that spirit telling you, "Uh uh-uh. Listen to me. Shipwreck is coming. Side note. We're going to leave it right there. Some of y'all listen to the wrong person. In verse 13, it says, When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. They pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. Crete? Crete? Crete. Thank you. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. In verse 18, it says, The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. So already we're seeing what Paul's warnings are coming to pass. Amen? The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last we, all hope was gone. Family, I'm not sure if you've ever been on a ship before, but even in today's world with today's technology, there's not much that could be done in that situation. There is no AAA we can call. There is no Juanito who could fix anything. He could fix that. Don't worry. My cousin Pepe, he's the mess, and he'll be here in 10 minutes. There's none of that, right? No one with a with that kind of skill that can help them at this point. They're lost at sea. It's bad. And the Bible says they've given up all hope. Here's a key point that I need you guys to listen to. So focus up on this part. 21, verse 21, it says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. That's gangster. That is, <laughs> you have to understand, I'm pr- I read a lot of this. I don't think there was any reason why Paul needed to say that. So I'm pretty sure that was like the flesh out of Paul going, didn't I tell you? Didn't I say, there's no reason, there's nothing to preach about that. I just want to let you guys know that Paul was a thug and he was like, didn't I tell you? Anyway, so verse 22, it says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. And maybe that's for somebody today as well. There's some things that are going to happen. Maybe you're going to lose some stuff. Maybe there's going to be some shipwreck. The ship will go down, but God promised you, you will be safe. Verse 23, it says, For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Notice that God didn't say, 
It ain't going to happen. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. God said, it's going to happen, but I got you. It's going to go down, but I got you. Remember what we learned last week? But he was already there. There was already a plan and a purpose. God was saying, don't worry, I got you. It continues, it goes on to say, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, Paul says. It will be just as he said. There's something that I want to point out to you in that last verse, in verse 25, where it says, I believe God. See, he could have easily said, I believe in God, which a lot of us tend to say, but I think what he was trying to say, and what a lot of scholars are trying to say is that, you know what, a lot of people believe in God, but it's a different thing to believe God. Every demon in hell believes in God. They believe in, in the existence of God. But Paul declared his total confidence in God's promise. Paul believed God when there was nothing else to believe. He couldn't believe the sailors, the ship, the sails, the wind, human intuition, or anything else. He only believed God and God alone. In verse 29, it goes to say, At this rate they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors to the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Now they want to pray for daylight. Now they're ready to be like, all right, Paul, hold up. <laughs> we're going to throw out some anchors and we're going to pray. Okay? I love Matthew Henry quotes. Anyone who reads and knows that Matthew Henry was a, like a very big commentator for a long time on the scripture. And he puts, if Paul had trust him, uh, thrust himself needlessly into the bad company, he might justly have been cast away with them, but God calling him into it they were preserved. In other words, he's saying if Paul had gotten into some nasty stuff and got arrested, he probably would have justifiably died along with everyone else on that ship. But because God called him onto that ship, not only was he going to protect Paul, but he was going to protect everyone who was with him. Because God called him into that storm because it was part of the process. He was going to protect him and everyone else who was with him. Here's another key point. Verse 30, it says, then the sailors tried to abandon ship. They lowered the lifeboat as if they were going to put down anchors. So they were getting sneaky and they were like, look, we're going to make believe we're, <laughs> we're lowering anchors. But they, uh, but they actually were trying to escape on a lifeboat. And Paul screams out to them or to the command, the officer, and he says, you will die unless you sailors stay aboard. Stay aboard. So the <laughs> now there's no... I wish I could tell you there was like this pause where the sailors actually responded. But the, it, the, next very, the very next verse, it says, so the sailors cut the ropes and the lifeboat drifted away. Immediately they listened to Paul. There was, no, there was no like, wait a minute, you're a prisoner. What are you talking about? I'm not, leaving, I'm not leaving my life in your hands. That's not normal behavior for me to give up my plan B, for me to give up my only escape from this mess so I can take you to trial. I don't care about you. How many of us would think that way if we were, remember, Paul's a prisoner. We don't know why he's there. I'm not listening to Paul. Why should we let our plan B drift away? In 33, it says, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. 
You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for weeks, he said. 34, please eat something. Now, for your own good. For not a hair on your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece of it. Then it says, then everyone after that felt encouraged to begin eating. All 276 of us who were on board. There were two, this is where we find out there were 276 people on that, on that ship. Why are they listening to Paul? Who is Paul? Nearly 300 people are about to die, and you have one man saying, chill. Eat. He told them to eat. In the midst of this storm, just chill, eat. You look hungry, relax. Not a hair on your head will perish. <laughs> Paul's demeanor is astonishing. How he could calmly tell everyone to stop, eat, nothing will ever happen to you. We desperately need to learn from Paul. I desperately need to learn from Paul that when God tells me, so it is. That when God says, I got you, it's true, it's real. Amen, you can give it up. It's funny, he refuses to be shaken, and he almost seemingly is enjoying this process. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, Paul's like, ah, eat. Eat some bread. In Jesus' name. Ha, <laughs> ha, everybody eat. Okay, so eventually, just as God promised, we'll skip some, some verses, and it says they made it through the storm, and the destruction of the ship. So the ship did go down just as God told them it would. Amen? In verse 42, it says, the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone... It says it so everyone escapes safely to shore, just as God promised. What's funny about that part is that even after the miracle, that the miracle after miracle after miracle, they were still ready to kill Paul and the rest of the prisoners. They were still ready to forget, okay, we made it, kill them so that they don't make it, and then we'll swim to shore. They're prisoners, they don't mean, they don't mean anything. Even after Paul saved their life, they were ready to take his. Another lesson in that is that Till the very end, life will be life. Trial will be trial. But still, even after that insane thought of let's kill him and the rest of the prisoners, God spared him and protected him and said, nope. Because I promised that not a hair on your head would perish. Amen? It reminds me. Their, their, their craziness kind of reminded me of, of Matthew 16. I'm going to read something to you guys. When the apostles... Uh, they were walking, they were on a trip, and they forgot their bread. You guys remember that? Anybody reading their word? That's cool. That was episode 14. Anyway, chapter 5, it says, later they, this is, this is Matthew 16, by the way. Later they, they, <laughs> they crossed to the other side of the lake. The disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. And in verse 7, it says, at this they began to argue with each other because they didn't bring any bread. They hadn't brought any bread. So Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, you have so little faith. And he screamed. Did you see that exclamation point? Is it there? I don't see it. Oh, there it is. Glasses. So you have so little faith, he says. 
Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Verse 9, don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and a basket of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Jesus is calling out stats at that point, okay? He's LeBroning them. He's, <laughs> He's like, fools, what's wrong with you guys? I won before. See, he's calling out stats, and he's saying, I am the great. I am. Did you already forget? Didn't we just go through this? You forgot bread? Homie, I am the bread. We forget so quickly of God's miracles. Amen? Hmm. There's nothing in this world that he can't rescue you from. There's nothing in this world that he can't keep you safe from. And I could read you scripture after scripture after scripture, which proves the exact same thing, that he will never let you fall. Family, in this season of miracles, I want to repeat what Minister Josh said last week. And he said, it's right here. Just walk in it. But the problem is that we can't walk in to our miracle holding on to our lifeboats. trying to sneak off and escape every time it gets difficult, trying to make believe we're lowering anchors so that we could jump onto the lifeboat and get away. You see, throughout it all, God never promised a storm wouldn't come, he, but he did promise to keep them safe. But if you're trying to hold on to your baggage, if you're constantly trying to hold on to your plan Bs, right, your plan C, then our escape plan, then our, then, then, and every time we try to escape, we will surely die. We won't make it. Miracle season is so close, but think of it as a door. Your junk don't fit, homie. Let it go. It's only this, this wide. Miracle is all on this side, but you're trying to bring all your, all your junk, all your baggage with you. You're trying to bring that lifeboat. Cut the rope. Even as, 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 even as the, 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 the guards did, the very guards who wanted to kill Paul as soon as they made it, said, okay, Paul said, cut the rope. Ah, no plan B. We'll die if we go that way. We're going to weather this storm, and we're going to get to the end just as God promised, and we will be safe. You see, your baggage has no place in this next season, in this miracle season. Your miracle is here and it is now. It's firm and it is true. Don't just believe in it. Believe it. It is finished. I promise I'd be quick, right? Worship team, you can come up. In this next season, family. Now, you don't have to clap. It's all good. <laughs> In this next season, there's something that's, well, in this season right now that we're in, there's something happening. Now, when it rains, what's the first thing you grab before you go outside? God's saying, leave your umbrella home. You're going to want to get soaked in this. You understand? There's something happening. There's a miracle season of brewing. And I'm going to invite Josh to come back up, and he's going to take over from where he left off last week. And I believe that Without even speaking to him, 
a lot of you in this room today, in this, in this congregation today, are going to start to experience your miracle. You have no idea. You have no idea the miracles that I've seen in my own life. You have no idea. But trust me when I tell you, I went through that storm. You understand? And not a hair, um, well, you guys know I'm bald, right? But the three hairs that I have left are still there in Jesus' name. Amen? I want to call Pastor Bert, Pastor Joyce, Gary, and Mark just to come down here to the floor. He was talking about, you could, you could come on this side to face George and Mark will face Gary. He was singing that song earlier about the Father's arms are open wide. And Jay was speaking about that plan B, to let go of that plan B. Let me share something with you. If you don't let go of the plan B today, you're going to abort your miracle. Your miracle will be abort if you hold on to that plan B. That way of life, that way of thinking, that way of always handling situations, it's time to let it go. And to believe and know that the Father's arms are open wide for you today. So they're going to represent a doorway. Mark, you come on this side. They're going to represent a doorway. Gary and Mark are going to have their hands open wide. And what you're going to do is come and touch their hands as, as a symbolism of you giving up your plan B. And on the other side of that is the Father's arms open wide for you to give you a hug to show you the next step is your miracle. But the only requirement of you today is to walk through and give up that plan B. There is no way you're going to receive a miracle have, trying to find a different way or, or to figure out your situation or try to hold on to the hurts and pains. It's time to let it go, okay? So as, as my wife, you want to pray? Say a prayer. I just ask everyone when they come up to walk through that they will come through this side. Don't take the shortcut. You got to give it up before you get the hug, okay? <laughs> so as you, if you come up, just come up. That, um, Pastor Mark and Pastor Gary are going to have their hands open. I just want you to touch their hands. And as you come to Pastor George and Pastor Burt, the Father's arm is going to be open wide to welcome you to your promises, your miracles, your blessings. This is our season for God to come through. Supernatural, I believe, supernaturally that God's going to give you the strength to get to the next step and receive your miracle this year. That's what I believe this year. So I just pray that as you come up, as my wife ministers, and you guys are going to sing Worship. You know, I just want you to know this morning that you do not have to be filled with faith in order to take a step of faith up to the front. I want you to know that even if you're sitting in doubt, I want you to know that even if you're sitting in frustration, I want you to know if even you have almost no faith, but the Bible says if you have a mustard seed, if there's something within you and you've heard this message this morning and it's so tiny and it's so minuscule, that's all God is asking you for. He's asking you to take one step of faith. The Bible says first if you be willing. And my prayer today is that your heart would be willing to take that one little step of faith this morning to lay down that plan B. I can attest, like Jason said, I know that I personally am standing in the season of miracles over my life. There have been prayers that I've been praying for the past 35 years that I am now beginning to see come to pass. This season is real, and it's now, and it's happening. And I want you all to jump in, and I want you all to experience the goodness and the faithfulness of God. 
But sometimes these miracles don't always make sense. And you may be walking a journey and say, how could a miracle possibly come from my situation? And I tell you, I have suffered in order to see the miracles of God come to pass. They did not just get handed to me on a silver platter. God did not just come down from heaven and say, here's your miracle. They came through trial and suffering. And I'm saying that because it may not make sense right now. But as you come up, I'm going to pray that the eyes of your heart are opened. That you might see a different perspective. And just because you can't figure it out doesn't mean it's not happening. So Lord, I thank you for all these people standing in this room. I thank you for every single life that's walking through this makeshift doorway, God. I thank you for every act of surrender. I thank you for the willingness, God, even for those that feel weak and weary right now. But just like the song says, your arms are open wide to receive even our doubt, even our insecurities, even, in, even our faithlessness, God. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that there would be a supernatural wave of glory on the inside of every heart in this room, that the eyes of every heart would be opened in the name of Jesus, that this miracle would first take place inside of us, Jesus, that this miracle would burst forth from the inside out, believing in who you are, believing that you are true to your word, that you are not a man that you should lie or the son of man that you should repent. If you have said it, you will do it. God, I thank you that you're watching over your word to perform it over your people. I thank you that the impossible is being made possible in this season, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that faith is rising in this place. I thank you, God, that you are covering everything that holds us back from you, God. I thank you, Father, that you're bringing prayers to pass in Jesus' name. I thank you that even as Galatians, as the scripture was spoken, that if we do not weary in doing good, we will reap a harvest in the name of Jesus. And I believe that there are some of you this morning that you've prayed prayers in secret places. You've cried tears that nobody has seen. You have been locked away in a secret place and not one person knows the petition of your heart. But I want you to know that God is listening to you. He is listening. His ear, I see a vision and the Lord is showing me his ear is open and inclined to your prayers. He is leaning down from his throne and his ear is open and he hears you and he sees you and he has bottled every tear that you have cried and he promises that you will reap a reward for every amount of suffering that you've had to endure on this side of heaven. But I want you to know that glory and goodness and favor is not reserved for heaven. It is reserved for those who choose to believe in him. It is reserved for those who believe that he has will do what he said he will do. I believe faith is rising this morning. If your faith is rising, stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to believe greater than you've ever believed in your entire life. Not because you can, but because you want to. Not because you can, but because you want to. And God will do the rest. That's why we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. And if you have never met the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I'm telling you today's your day. I'm telling you that today is the day of salvation. I'm telling you that he hears the cry of your heart and I'm pleading and I'm begging with you that you would not refuse his invitation this morning. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, all he says is, if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God and that God has raised him from the dead and that he is soon to return, the Bible says that by faith you shall be saved. And if you can grab a hold of that this morning, then I want you to know that eternity is yours. And every promise that is locked up in that Bible will be unlocked for you today in the name of Jesus. So as you lift your hands to heaven, let all the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen.
We're going to raise much to do about God. We're going to adorn him with praise this morning. Are you guys here? Are you grateful this morning for what God is doing in your life? If he's your savior, I want you to just say, Say, oh, what a savior is in
Father, we thank you for when we were so far away, you were never, oh God, but you were there and you were wooing us back to yourself, oh God, and you've given us a second chance at life, Father, but not just life here, but life eternal with you, oh God, something that we could never attain without the precious blood that was shed, oh God. So, Father, we come to the altar, oh God, and we glorify you and we thank you. You are blessed this morning, but not just blessed to be blessed, but blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. You are the redeemed. <laughs> the blood, you're covered in the blood of the Lamb. You walk in victory. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Walk on.